why human memory is far from perfect. You're listening to Psychology in 10 Minutes. I'm David B. Feldman. I have a vivid memory of visiting Disney World when I was six years old. I recall meeting Mickey Mouse, riding Space Mountain, and being dazzled by the fireworks over Cinderella's castle. The only problem is, none of this actually happened. It first dawned on me that my memory wasn't totally accurate several years ago, when I realized I had a distinct image of meeting Bugs Bunny during the same trip. That's impossible, of course, given that that particular giant gray rabbit isn't a Disney character at all. My parents also deny that any of this ever actually happened. As best I can tell, I made up the tall tale to fit in with my friends, all of whom had visited the legendary theme park. Then, over time, it started to feel more and more real. As it turns out, I'm not alone. As I've spoken with friends over the years, most of them say that, from time to time, they've wondered whether they were misremembering something. Usually, their stories aren't quite as dramatic as my Disney World shenanigans, but still, it makes you stop and think. According to research, the process of convincing ourselves that something is true that actually isn't is far from simple. It involves a complex interplay of factors. But the basic idea is this. The human memory system isn't perfect. Researchers often investigate the process of misremembering using a general method pioneered by luminary psychologist Elizabeth Loftus. In this paradigm, participants are asked to elaborate on events that are suggested to have truly happened to them. In one study, for instance, researchers Ira Hyman and Joel Pentland asked the parents of college students to name at least two events that had happened to their child prior to age six. They then interviewed each student, now in college, to ask them to describe the events their parents had listed. For instance, the experimenter might ask a participant to describe in detail their fifth birthday party when their neighbor put on a magic show. Here's the catch. In addition to the true events participants were asked to describe, the experimenter also slipped in an event that never actually happened to them, spilling a punch bowl on the bride's parents during a wedding reception. Across most experiments of this sort, a surprising number of people end up actually believing that the false event really occurred. They even form a memory of the event as they describe it, and it's often a pretty detailed memory, sort of like my memory of visiting Disney World. According to a 2020 review of the research, appearing in the journal Memory, depending on the particular methods of the study, which can vary widely, the rate at which participants develop false memories in response to suggestions like these can range from 0 to 70%, but tends to average around 30%. This 30% figure is the same conclusion drawn by Loftus herself in her 2006 review of the research. Using similar procedures, investigators have implanted a relatively wide variety 
of false memories, from being lost in a shopping mall to taking a hot air balloon ride. Of course, these studies involve a purposeful manipulation by experimenters to implant a memory. But research suggests that less intentional and more naturally occurring social factors may also play a role here. In a study published in the journal Applied Cognitive Psychology, researchers investigated something known as the memory conformity effect. Two participants, whom I will call a dyad, were brought into a lab and separately watched two different videos of the same basic event, which involved a person entering an unoccupied university office to return a borrowed book. Each video contained slightly different details because they were filmed from different angles. For instance, on one of the videos, it was possible to read the title of the book and observe that the person threw a note in the garbage bin before leaving the room. On the other video, it was possible to see the person committing an opportunistic crime, sliding money out of a wallet and putting it into her own pocket. After watching the videos, half the participants were encouraged to discuss the event together with the other person in their dyad, whereas the other half of participants had no such discussion. According to the results, 71% of people who discussed the event went on to mistakenly recall that they had actually seen something occur on their particular version of the video, when really they only heard it from their discussion partner. In other words, our memories can be subtly rewritten by what we hear from other people. It's important to say that lying isn't something any of us should aspire to, of course. Most people care about the truth and want to be honest, both with others and with themselves. So, I'm certainly not saying we should go around doubting our own memories or what other people tell us. My personal policy is to believe people when they tell me something, and it's a policy that has worked well for me over the years. Though there are certainly bad actors who purposely make things up to achieve their own aims, that's not what we're talking about here. Rather, this research simply gives us a glimpse into how the human memory system works. In particular, these studies show us that memory isn't perfect. We can misremember things. It's something we all already know, of course, but can too easily overlook. We frequently treat our memories like verbatim video recordings of what happened, when they're probably more like notes or narratives we jot down on slips of paper. To continue the metaphor, years later, we might find one of those slips of paper, but have lost track of whether what we wrote down really happened, as in a diary, or was actually a fictional short story we wrote for our high school composition class. Even if we knew for sure that it was a page from our diary, we might still wonder whether what we wrote down was a totally accurate depiction of what happened, or may have been influenced by how we were feeling at the time, what other people told us, or a variety of additional pressures in our lives. Don't worry too much, however. It's unlikely 
that many of our memories are totally false. I chose the Disney World example because it was dramatic, and hopefully it hooked you into listening to the rest of the episode. But usually, naturally occurring examples are far more subtle. Maybe I remember wearing that great purple sweater when we first met, when really it was the green button-down shirt. Details like this rarely matter very much. So, for the most part, we can trust our memories. After all, I did come to the conclusion that I never actually visited Disney World. Or did I? And that was Psychology in 10 Minutes. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast or find it eye-opening in some way, I hope you will consider becoming a sponsor. I do this podcast out of love, and it actually takes a lot of time and also costs a fair bit of money. So, if you can find it in your heart, navigate over to patreon.com and become a patron of the show. Just a few dollars a month can help keep me in the game, bringing this show to you. You can visit patreon.com slash psychology in 10 minutes. That's patreon.com slash psychology in one zero minutes. Thank you, and thank you for listening.